you for being here, especially if you were here last week. He came back for more. <laughs> Thank you. I so appreciate that. Uh, last week, you know, you preach a sermon, you preach your heart out, and then you walk out onto Lunch of the Lawn, and you find out that um, you managed to pick the one pop culture reference that a lot of people did not know, <laughs> or could not explain, or did not understand. So for all of you, uh, I feel like I've got some recovery as a teacher. If I didn't meet my learning objectives, I need to go back and make sure we're all on the same page. Um, and it made me, at first I was like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't explain what TikTok was. And then I, I kind of giggled as I was like, can you imagine trying to explain to the teacher of Ecclesiastes TikTok? So there's this thing that we hold in our hand, and when I touch it, a series of videos, wait, wait, a series of pictures, wait, wait, wait. So it's like lots of papyri going really fast, right? I mean, how would you describe TikTok, you know, 15, here it is, I'm going to give you a little explanation, but I'm making it seem like I'm telling the teacher of Ecclesiastes, brilliant. Okay, so it's 15 to 30 second videos showcasing like a talent or uh, a reaction or dance moves. So I bet some of you last week thought I was having like a mild stroke when I was trying to do little TikTok dances. Um, so, so I managed to pick the one social media app that some of you maybe were not as familiar with, uh, but I picked it on purpose because I'm really leading up to today. I'm leading up to looking and tackling at this modern phenomena called social media, social networks. And though the teacher of Ecclesiastes could not have imagined something like TikTok or Facebook or Twitter, can you imagine King Solomon like sending out a tweet, a wisdom of the day tweet? Some of you are like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. That's my new Twitter handle, Solomon, right? Um, so so though, though it's like thousands of years since the time of the teacher of Ecclesiastes. We looked at last year how there are some wisdom principles that we can still carry forward with us thousands of years later. And we looked at when you're living for the one above the sun, then everything under the sun, be it TikTok videos, a Facebook post, a tweet, has the potential to be meaningful in this life and in the next. And I did a list, remember the list, the depressing list of all of the meaninglessness? And that was, we just got to chapter three, everybody. So today we're looking at chapter four. If you have your Bibles with you, we're gonna take a look at chapter four, and I'm gonna be really straightforward with you. Today I'm gonna talk about friendship. And I'm gonna talk to you about whether social media 
is friendship. Some of you are like, time to go Starbucks and get a coffee. Right? Some of you don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear it. Uh, so we're going to talk about something that the teacher of Ecclesiastes could never have imagined. But we're now going to take his wisdom and run it through something that is such a part of our daily life. Never, ever has human history and human culture been so interconnected as right now. And so I'm gonna just be really, really upfront with you and just let you know I'm gonna make a plea, an altar call, if you will, at the end of my sermon. But we're not there yet. Let's start with the teacher of Ecclesiastes, and he said, again, I saw something meaningless. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If they fall down, they can help each other up. But pity those who fall and have no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. One may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. I saw that being one, to being alone, to not be able to share my abundance, my generosity, is meaningless. Why? Why am I, why am I toiling? Why am I working? Why am I getting up in the morning? Why, why, why if I'm alone? I have no one to share my joy with. I have no one to share my burdens with. And you might be sitting, well, Facebook it is. I'm not alone. I've got 630 followers or friends. I'm sorry, friends. 260 followers on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think my freshman student has 897, but whatever. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. Are you alone? Do you have friends? Do you feel sometimes when you wake up in the morning, when you go to work, when you come home from work, and then you sit there and you're trying to decide Netflix, social media, food? Do you have a companion? 
when you are deciding to figure out how to handle your finances? Are you taking into consideration the needs of others? Are you someone's emergency contact? Or are your relationships stuck at the like button on Facebook? Sociologists in the United States are saying that the U.S. is having a bit of a friend crisis. And I want to show you some statistics because I love me some bar graphs. <laughs> so in 2021, the Survey Center on American Life, which is a very reputable organization, they did an American Perspectives uh, survey in May of 2021, and they compared 1990, which is not 10 years ago, it's 31 years ago, okay, 31 years ago, and they compared these two years, 2021 and 1990, and ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take a look at the first number and the last number, because if this doesn't make you gasp, check for a pulse. In 2021, the percentage of the American population surveyed that said they had none None who qualified as a friend. And here's how friend was described in the survey or defined. Americans report having fewer close friendships than they once did as defined by talking to their friends and relying on their friends for personal support. So. 12% of our modern population do not believe that they have someone to talk to or to rely on for personal support outside of their immediate family system. Bottom number. In 1990, a third of the American population, a third, ladies and gentlemen, a third of the American population believed that they had 10 or more people that they talked to regularly and could rely on as a means of personal support. Thirteen percent. If we're looking at trends, how is this possible if I have 620 Facebook friends? How is this possible if I have however many Instagram followers? How is this possible if I have Twitter or if I'm on LinkedIn? How is this possible? How could these numbers possibly, possibly get worse? Isn't this supposed to help me? Isn't this supposed to be a tool to keep us connected? I saw something meaningless under the sun, the teacher of Ecclesiastes said. 
And here we are thousands of years later, and can't we say the same thing right now? I saw something meaningless. And so I'm going to push. I'm going to push today. And a prediction was made by a psychologist named Sherry Turkle. And Sherry Turkle did a TED Talk in 2012. And maybe some of you have listened to this TED Talk. And it was a TED Talk that was full of, like, hope over the possibility of interconnectedness through social media apps. And yet it was also slightly predictive based on basic psychological principles. And based on her TED Talk and the work done by a Hebrew scholar named Dr. Yair, who wrote a, an article in Hebrew on the invention of loneliness, a, college, a group of college students did a final project in a video trying to help express through graphics and images the potential dangers of social media friendships. And so I want to show this to you. And um, it may be like me, you'll feel like it was a wee bit prophetic. Remember, this was 10 years ago. If you would like to watch this video again, because that was a lot that was just thrown at you. If you would like to watch this video again, the sermon notes are published before um, every Friday, and I have a list of links of resources that I use for today's sermon. And I want you to be informed, I want you to be challenged, I want you to think about something that the teacher of Ecclesiastes could never have imagined. And so I want to take a look at three statements that are made in this video. The first is that many people are losing their social and familiar connections in favor of a self-actualization ideal. Have you ever met someone in person after having been a virtual friend for a while. And they're just not the same person. More alarmingly, perhaps you even went on a date with this person and who they promoted themselves to be in a virtual setting was not at all who they were in real life. You see, the thing about social media that only now is really being unpacked, and especially within the realm of a counseling office, is that who you wish to be, who you portray yourself to be, and who you actually are, are not coming together in a coherent way. So who are you really? We're having a lot of illness because we can't figure out who we really are, because we're trying to be three. 
And that's its own conversation and its own set of studies. The second statement is we are converting the deep meaning and intimacy of friendship with exchanging photos and chat conversations. Please don't get me wrong. I have family that lives overseas. Nothing is more delightful for me than to see my family who lives overseas to post pictures. I'm so thankful that I get to stay connected with my brother's children because he posts pictures. I'm so thankful that I get to stay connected with my niece and nephew because I can send a text and I can interact with them as they post something on their social media accounts. And yet, it's not enough, is it? If I'm in trouble, if I have failed, if I need a ride to the hospital, if I have betrayed someone and I need someone to talk to, I can't go to Facebook and figure out who are all the people, do analysis of who gives me the most likes, and then call them up and say, hey, can you sit with me during this really horrible time? And so social media has its place. But it's no substitute for the biblical concept of one anotherness. Or as I was talking with Beth, our interpreter, how to translate one anotherness, she said, well, there's this really lovely sign that we can use in the, with the deaf and hard of hearing community called with with. Social media is not a with-with way of life. It's not a with-with sort of engagement. So sometimes, you guys, sometimes, maybe, maybe, we put this down and we sit together in the kitchen in my messy dog hair covering floor kitchen having a cup of coffee together because I need someone to sit with me and listen to me talk about how I'm not quite okay. We are sacrificing conversation for mere connection. I have come to despise the like button. To despise it. Like? What does likes even say? It, it is the definition of meaninglessness. Like, moving on. I mean, maybe if I'm really wise, you'll retweet me. Apparently, uh, my second year of being a high school teacher, a student opened a Twitter account called Sister Sutton. It is no longer there, folks. Do not look for it. It's no longer there. But this student would then tweet something that I had said that day. So, you know, maybe, maybe you show your support by retweet. Or subscribe. Subscribe. Some of us feel more connected to a YouTuber 
than to the person sitting on the couch next to us while we're watching YouTube videos. We're disordered, aren't we? We're disordered. And it's not to say that we can't enjoy YouTube or that I can't retweet or I can't heart or I can't like. I'm not saying that there's a place for that. That's part of our culture. I get it. But two is better than one and three prevents brokenness. So this is usually the part of the sermon where I would put on the slide, and this is something that Carl started where I would say, you know, your move. But I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put that your move. I think I've got, I've given you enough to think about. Um, I want to instead make my plea. I'm requesting your presence, not your like, not your subscribe not your retweet, not your follow, not your heart emoji. I'm, I'm requesting your presence. Your presence in my life is required for me to thrive and not merely survive. Your presence in my life is required for me to grow spiritually, for me to grow as a mother, for me to grow as a wife, for me to grow as a sister in Christ. Your presence is required. We need each other. And I want you to think about the fact that, that this means that if we need each other, that we have to give up a little something. And that might mean that I might have to give up your good opinion of me because you know what? I'm actually a terrible person. I mean, I just look cute, but I'm a terrible person because I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. But I am a temporary excuse of meaninglessness that has been given infinite value because of our Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe sitting at the table, you and I can be meaningless together. And that's gonna require a little vulnerability, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, I hate being vulnerable. I'm an Enneagram eight and like that's the antithesis of what I want. Vulnerability, vulnerability, no, 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 no. Let's edit. Editing is so much more preferable. Let's get my good side. We need one another. And so if you are my Facebook friend, thank you for all the likes over the years. If you're my Instagram friend, Thank you for all the sweet comments over the years, but I don't know if you've noticed, I've been weaning off of social media. And I have instead been trying uh, over the last, since the pandemic, honestly, trying to be a little more engaged with 
my fellow man. Because what I've learned is, is that um, Facebook is really great for announcements, but really terrible for my soul. So I've set you up with my fun TikTok sermon because I'm trying to get you to today. Because you see, I need three things from you. I need to see Jesus in you because sometimes I really don't see Jesus much at all. Because life is hard and I'm a sinner and I've screwed up and sometimes, sometimes who I think Jesus is is not actually who he is. He's so much better than who I think he is and I will only know that if I experience that in you. And so when I sit at the table with you and I'm pouring my heart out and I'm expecting condemnation, I'm expecting judgment because isn't that what a sinner deserves? And instead, what you show me is the unconditional love and affection of the Savior. That cannot happen through this. I need to feel his presence when I'm in your presence. And so I feel like as modern believers, we gotta up our, our game in the relationship area. Our faith, our gospel is incarnational. It came through the person of Jesus Christ. And guess what? It's still incarnational, except that it's in your flesh now. Not just in mine, not just in Christ. It's in your flesh, it's in our flesh as we sit with one another, as we choose to engage the messiness of one another, that's when, that's when Jesus is revealed. And we need Jesus every day of our lives. So I don't know if you can tell but this is kind of important to me. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. As a teacher, as your sister in Christ, as a mother, I'm concerned by how lonely we are. I'm concerned that we are making major life choices and major life decisions and we don't have a community around us to help us filter those decisions. Is this a good idea? And the truth is, is that we now no longer live within the, the core of our nuclear family. How many of you live far from your family? And maybe you're a guest here at the church today and you were like, oh man, I didn't realize it would be this kind of sermon. Maybe you're new to this community and you're looking for some friends. Centennial Covenant Church, don't you want to be that friend? 
But if you say yes, guess what? It's going to take your time. And guess what? You might politically disagree with one another. <laughs> and you might even find out that the person that you're investing is is so annoying. Because they don't know they're annoying because they don't have people speaking into their lives. The one may be overpowered. And maybe you're feeling overpowered by the oppression of this life. Maybe you're feeling overpowered by the, the incredible busyness of this life. Maybe you're feeling overpowered by the expectations of this American life. Maybe you're feeling overpowered. One, one may be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. Do you got my back? Three, three, three strands is not quickly broken. My plea today is that we would intertwine ourselves around each other. And that yes, our lives are temporary, yes, they're messy, yes, we face oppression, but life under the sun is meaningful together. Together. Lord Jesus, we need you. Oh my goodness, Lord, we need you. We need the wisdom of the teacher. We need the wisdom of one another in a world that feels has lost its common sense. It's lost it because it has no one around them helping them understand themselves in perspective. But you, Lord, you, you, Lord, have called us to be with, with people that we would love one another, that we would forgive one another, that we would encourage one another. And so Lord, help us, help us to be Jesus to one another, to help each other to keep going, to keep each other warm when our world turns cold and dangerous, to help us defend one another. Lord Jesus, that we would live a with-with life with you and with one another. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for loving us. Amen.